Did you know three of the biggest time wasters on the job are useless conversations, annual reviews, and unproductive meetings? Today's episode, we are going to rock the boat a little bit because I'll be sharing why all three of these might be causing you to lose money, productivity, and possibly your best people. If you've been stuck in your ways of managing and leading, you might want to grab a life preserver for this one. It's going to shake things up a little bit. Welcome to the Navigating Your Leadership podcast, where we are changing the wave of the future. Like it or not, the world has changed. And as an exceptional leader, you have to change with it or risk being left behind. Hi, I'm your host, Sherry Miter. I'm here to help you navigate this new leadership style. Inside the podcast, you'll discover what your team really wants and needs from you, how to tap into your God-given talents, how to increase your productivity with a strengths-based team, and how to realign with your North Star to truly enjoy your work and your life. This podcast will inspire and empower you today so you can elevate your influence into the future. If you're ready to step out of your comfort zone, then untie those dock lines and jump on board as we begin navigating your leadership. Last episode in season three, episode 13, we covered the first two shifts businesses should make to attract and keep great team members. The first two of six. And today we're going to continue on that journey. But just to kind of recap, last episode, we talked about the first one was today's workers want a purpose more than just a great paycheck. They need to feel like their job matters. The second thing we talked about was they want to move from my satisfaction to my development and why that is important and then how to create a budget for professional development. And then I also shared the announcement on the HPT, the High Performing Teams Program, through Grow that I am so excited to bring to my clients in the new year. So if you miss that episode, after you listen to today's, it's okay. You can listen out of order. I give you permission for that. (laughs) You Go back and make sure you do listen to episode 13. So you're going to get all six of the changes that, again, employers should be implementing in order to attract and keep top team members today and moving into the future. Because things have changed. And if we don't change with the times, we're going to be irrelevant. We're going to be at the height of that great resignation. And I know you don't want that. So today's two of the six, we're going to talk about how today's workforce, they don't want just a boss. They want a coach. And we're also going to talk about how they want to move from my annual review to my ongoing conversations. And if you are in the USA, I don't know if these are global or not. If not, if they're not global and you don't know what I'm about to talk about, I highly encourage you to YouTube this. But for those of us in the USA, you've probably seen the progressive commercials with Dr. Rick You know, he's the one that keeps you from becoming your parents. And as their slogan goes, is we can't, or how is it, we can keep you safe from your 
or your house, something about insurance and your house, but we can't keep you from becoming your parents at Progressive. But Dr. Rick, that's his specialty. He keeps us from becoming our parents. And these commercials are hilarious. Now, maybe it's because I'm 55 and I recognize myself in many of the commercials or leaning towards it. But we're going to kind of, I want you to take that frame of mind today, is that my goal is to help new managers and business leaders not turn into their old style bosses. I want you to lose the mentality that I am the boss because you have the title. That's the old style. Or maybe you have that, this is the way we've always done it mentality. That doesn't work either. Or maybe you're one of those people that says, well, you know, no one did all these things for me. I had a boss. I didn't have a coach and I turned out just fine. That's the old style too. Or maybe you hear these things that we've been talking about last week and this week and one more series and you think this is too much work. But I promise you, if you embrace these changes, it will actually save you so much time. So again, I can't keep you from staying stuck in that mode of, I just want to do it the same old, same old way. It's worked for, you know, the last 10 years, the last 20 years, the last 100 years. So why do we need to change? But if you listen to this episode, you're going to start to understand the changes that do need to be made so that you can become that leader that your employees are so engaged, they will never leave you. Even if somebody's offering them a higher salary, they're going to stay with you because they appreciate you as their coach and their leader and their manager. And isn't that what you ultimately want is to keep the best people. And this is also, as you you learn these skills yourself, you're gonna find you feel better about the way you approach work. So before we jump into today's show, I do want to remind you that if you enjoy this episode and you want to help grow the Navigating Your Leadership podcast, I would really appreciate it. And so will the future listeners. If you would take a moment, if you haven't yet, to rate the podcast, leave a five-star rating, hopefully, or an honest rating and leave a review. It really does matter to podcasters when you do that. And if this episode gives you value, be thinking too, who could you share this episode with? Maybe you have a friend or peer who's also a new manager. Maybe it's somebody you work with or somebody that's an HR representative at a company or maybe just another leader that you think would enjoy the episode. Maybe it's somebody who needs to hear it because they are stuck in their old ways as a business leader. Okay. So let's jump into the third thing leaders need to change today in order to keep the best team members. So again, today's workforce, they don't just want a boss, they want a coach. Gallup's Access, their website says, coaching is about maximizing performance through people. It's not micromanagement. Today's managers need to become more like a coach versus a boss. And I found this great article, I put, I'll put the link in the show notes, but an article on business to community website, and this is by Chuck Reynolds. He shares five key differences between a manager boss and a coach leader. 
So he says, a coach spends more time listening and asking questions, while a boss spends more time speaking and giving directions. A coach invests time in observing, while a boss makes quick assumptions. A coach uncovers issues, get to the root of the problem, while a boss takes the quickest route to deal with the surface symptoms. A coach helps direct reports accept responsibility, while a boss assigns blame. A coach supports employees in developing their plans, while a boss gives them the plan and tells them to follow it. And I'm going to add one more. And to me, this is one of the biggest differences between typical boss manager and a coach is the ability to effectively communicate with others. A good coach understands great communication with her team is a skill that needs to be worked at and developed and is worth every single minute. It can be the game changer in the atmosphere of your workplace. It's the number, in my mind, the number one way managers can move from being a boss to a coach is develop communication skills. So Jim Rohn said, Take advantage of every opportunity to practice your communication skills so that when important occasions arise, you will have the gift, the style, the sharpness, the clarity, and the emotions to affect other people. Great managers and leaders want to positively affect other people. So if that's not enough, just by hearing that to make you start having this shift in mindset of how can you go from being that boss, that manager to more of a coach to your team, let's jump into some stats. You guys know I love to share the stats here. In a 2018 article from Inc., Noted a report from Holmes, which Holmes is a, they call it the voice of the global PR industry. The cost of poor communication has hit an overwhelming $37 billion. And this is 2014 or 2018. Also, 400 surveyed corporations, and all these corporations did have over 100,000 employees in the US and UK estimated that communication barriers cost the average organization $62.4 million per year and lost productivity. On the flip side, the same report found that companies with leaders who possess effective communication skills produced a 47% higher return to shareholders on over a five-year period. So, The bottom line is effective communication drastically increases productivity, while lack of great communication costs companies millions to billions of dollars. When asked about the biggest time wasters in a global study of more than 5,000 office-based employees, the study revealed 36 minutes per day is wasted having unproductive conversations. 36 minutes a day. 28 minutes per day is wasted in attending unnecessary meetings. So let's pause and think about that for a minute. Between the unproductive conversations and the unnecessary meetings, 
That's over five hours a week of unproductive conversations and meetings happening. And let's say that the average person, maybe yourself, that you work 48 weeks a year. I'm giving you four weeks of vacation time. So that adds up to six weeks wasted, six entire weeks out of an entire year, if you do the math, is wasted on unproductive conversations and unnecessary meetings. So imagine for a minute that you were gifted six extra weeks. I mean, don't we always say there's never enough time to get it all done? Well, if you could get rid of unproductive conversations and unnecessary meetings, you would gain back back six entire weeks for you and your team. So how would you invest that? Would you invest that maybe in professional development time? Maybe you would give your employees more time off. Maybe just more downtime to do thinking and projects that they want to work on. Or maybe it's invested in just having really fabulous conversations and less meetings. (laughs) Most meetings we just don't need. So think about that. How would you spend an extra six weeks that you could gain back by just taking some of the steps we're about to follow? Okay, if you haven't yet, you may want to pause this podcast and go grab a pen and paper because I'm going to break down the Four steps to effective conversation. These are your four F's for effective conversation so that you can stop wasting time in unproductive conversations. And when you, again, the whole reason you want to get better at communication and having great conversations is that's the easiest way to start showing up more as a coach versus a manager. I promise you, when you start leading from this perspective, everything will start to change. Okay, so the first F is frequent. Know how each employee wants to be communicated with and how often. Some may want or need a daily check-in. Yes, a daily check-in doesn't have to be a lot of time. It might be a one-minute quick, hey, how are you doing today? How's that project coming along? Some people want that daily quick little instant check-in. Others may want it less often. And in fact, if you do it daily, they may feel like you're micromanaging them. So again, the first step in having effective conversations is having a conversation about how often does that team member want to have communication with you? And how do they want to communicate with you? Do they prefer email? Do they prefer text? Do they just want that chat in the hallway or over the coffee, you know, at the coffee station? Or maybe it's a video conference in today's world where a lot of people are working remotely. The key takeaway here is to learn how they want to communicate and don't overcomplicate it. Again, the frequency doesn't, If the more often you communicate with somebody, the less time that should take. The second F is focused. 
keep the conversations focused on knowing the purpose and expectations of each conversation at the outset. Have it be on point. (laughs) There is nothing worse than those calls where you hang up and you're left wondering, did anything even come of that conver- become of that conversation? Was there anything productive that came out of that? Like, do either one of us feel better? Do either one of us feel like they know the next step? I cannot tell you how many unproductive conversations that I would have with my team members when I was leading a team of 100 women. And I would hang up the phone and think, wow. What did we even talk about? Talk about wasted time, wasted conversations. It wasn't until I took the time to really dive into understanding what each person needed, did I get fine-tuned into having productive, focused conversations. So what you want are the conversations that leave that person feeling like, their work or their relationship with you and their coworkers has changed for the better. Now, another mistake I see, and I was guilty of this before, is the cold transactional only conversations. Those where there's, we don't want too much fluff, but yet you need a little bit of relationship building in there. Now, I lead with influencing and strategic, so I am very guilty of these as conversations of so transactional that you get to the bottom line quickly and then you hang up quickly and you never really bond with your people. We don't want to do that either. So the cold transactional conversation might be that quick, how's the project going? Okay, great. And you hang up. So there needs to be a balance there and it is a fine art and it takes time and it takes being on purpose with having these focused conversations. Managers should concentrate on topics that are relevant to the needs of the employees, addressing progress, successes, and barriers to current work or project. Now, again, if this sounds like it's a lot, hold on tight because I want to share with you what, um, how the high-performing teams pro- program I've been working on will help you do this so much easier. It's so amazing. But let's keep up with the four Fs here for effective conversation. Okay, future-oriented. That's the third F. Effective conversations need to be future-oriented. The best managers don't just give reactive feedback based on past performance. Rather, they are proactively providing advice, strategies, and ideas for achieving performance in the future. When performance corrections are needed, managers need to coach forward by focusing on what can be done differently in the future rather than focusing on the mistakes of the past. So, yes, we need to watch the game film to see where we goofed up. Where did we miss the pass? Where did we miss the tackle? Just like the football teams watch on Monday. But move quickly through that, discuss it, and then get on to how to move into next week's game. So don't stay focused on what's not happening and get future-oriented on ideas and strategies to move into the future at their best and your best. And the fourth F here for effective conversations is follow-up. Make sure before you hang up the phone, click 
off the Zoom, walk away from the desk, that there's a clear follow-up plan. What's the next step? How are they going to know if they've made progress? Or how are you going to know if they've made progress? How are you going to follow up with each other? When and why? Who's in charge of that? Are you going to be in touch with them or are they going to be in touch with you? So make sure there's a clear follow-up plan that you both understand what's the next step. (laughs) So, and when are you talking again for another effective conversation? All right, if those steps felt overwhelming to you and you're like, oh my gosh, I am so bad at this. I suck at effective communication. I see where I'm making all the mistakes. Don't fret. (laughs) We'll make that the, the fifth F, right? Don't fret. So one of my favorite features of the high-performing teams program is that it gives conversation starters based on the different topics. And the best part, it gives it based on the team member's strengths. So for example, let's say you want to have an effective conversation with someone and someone on your, this person on your team leads with high strategic. They're very strategic thinking. And one of the things when you sat to talk with them to make them feel important, feel important, which is what effective conversations leave people doing, that what's in it for me, some questions you could ask them, or what are the possible routes your team could take? What are the possible outcomes? And you're probably able to see some potential outcomes before the rest of us. What do you see? Of the options on the table, which appears best? What are you missing? What's the straightest line to the finish? Now, if you take some of those questions that the High Performing Teams app gives you, when you're talking to that strategic thinker, they are going to be so happy (laughs) to have that conversation with you because that's what they're thinking. They are already seeing potential outcomes before the rest of the team. That's how their mind works. So when you start asking them those questions based on their own strengths, they're going to feel more engaged. They're going to feel like they are getting coached from you. They're going to feel more comfortable of answering the questions with you. Now, let's say you want to have the same type of conversation. Maybe you have a project and you have four different team members on the team. One leads with high strategic. We just gave that example, the converse, how the conversation might look with them. Another team member on the exact same project who leads with high relationship building, let's say maybe, maybe she leads with developer. Some questions that, again, these are coming from HPT, from the High Performance Team app. What they would give you would be how the conversation might go would be questions like, how would you rate your progress? Which of these ideas has the best chance for success? What can you do to celebrate small successes? What do you see potential in and how might that be beneficial to the group? Do you see how those questions sound just a little different than the one that with the questions that you would ask somebody with high strategic? So let's keep this going. The third team member on this team for this project leads with influencing themes. Maybe they're high. He's high in maximizer. So the conversation they would prefer to have with you or the questions they would prefer that you were to ask them would be, what potential do you see? 
How can you improve this? How can you make this even better than what you've already done? What could make this excellent? What does this ideal outcome look like to you? You could also change it to how can we improve this? How can we make this even better than what we've already done? So they see it as a team. Are you starting to see how the questions need to be changed slightly for each person? Now that fourth team member, they lead an executing theme. Maybe they have high responsibility or focus. The conversation with them might look like, what time of day are you most productive? What's the target? Where are you aimed right now? (laughs) What causes you to lose focus? How could you choose a new target? Which of your commitments gives you the most energy? Which of your commitments drain you the most? What is your role in this? I love these last two. On a scale of one to 10, how important is this to you? And what would it take so that it became more important? So I hope you see by these examples that it's so vital to have conversations based on your team members' strengths. When you can start having these conversations, they truly will become more effective and more productive. And in the HPT app that you can access on your phone or online when we do the program together, you'll also see that they have topics like how to motivate this person, how to avoid conflict, how to offer recognition and praise, how to give criticism, how to delegate. So imagine walking into a meeting or a one-on-one conversation and at your fingertips, you have access to these questions and, and how to effectively communicate with your team members. So in less than 36 minutes a week, Unproductive conversations could be turned into productive, ongoing conversations that matter and make a difference. And remember that stat earlier that 36 minutes a day is wasted on unproductive conversations. So that's just one of the many reasons I'm so excited about the high-performing team program and bringing that to my clients because I see how this app can make such a difference in the way co- way managers move from that boss to coach because it gives them an easy way to learn how to become better and more effective communicators. And that is one of the strongest assets of a great coach. Okay. Let's move on to number four. And you're going to notice that three and four really do overlap quite a bit. So number four is today's workforce, they want to move from that annual review to ongoing conversations. (laughs) Um, So again, this ties into what we've already been talking about. And It's kind of common sense in my mind because when we only have an annual review, how do we know how we're really doing? And and all I could think of is like raising a puppy. My son and daughter-in-law just got adorable new puppy, Gus. And 
you know, he's pretty potty trained, but occasionally he made, you know, had a few accidents. And we all know, you know, or he'll chew on something he's not supposed to chew on. And we know raising puppies and dogs and animals that they need immediate feedback. Otherwise, if we wait to discipline them, they've forgotten what they did. Uh, maybe with our kids too. And it's the same way as adults. We need immediate feedback. If we're only having a deep conversation on how we're doing once a year, like that just doesn't work. Like it's just common sense. And I know that it's kind of one of those things. And going back to Dr. Rick on keeping you from becoming your parents. This is like that with keeping you from becoming your boss. I think annual reviews are still around because it's just what was done. And no, a lot of people just haven't stopped to think about how ineffective they are. But there are studies that show you how ineffective they are. And here's the reality. Managers hate giving them and employees hate receiving them. So one study showed that Managers spend over 2 million hours each year putting together performance reviews. It is estimated that as much as $2.4 million to $35 million a year in lost working hours for organizations of 10,000 employees to take part in performance evaluations with very little to show for it. So that lost hours and is because managers are spending time putting together performance reviews and then they have to hold them. Employees fear them. (laughs) They cause so much dread, anxiety, and stress. So much so that sometimes employees want to quit and they do quit before before their annual performance review. And what's ironic is so many times the employee is stressing over these reviews only to go in and find out that actually their boss thinks they're doing a pretty darn good job, but they don't know that because there hasn't been any communication with them throughout the year. They have no idea how they're doing. 37% of people agree reviews are outdated. I honestly think that number's a little low. I think it's more like 99% of people agree reviews are outdated. <laughs> Only 14% of employees say performance reviews inspire them to improve. 14%. So if only 14% leave a perf- annual performance review inspired, why on earth are managers still doing them? Most managers don't know how to give constructive advice and have meaningful conversations. That's why they hide behind the annual review. So Gallup has found that when managers provide weekly versus annual feedback, team members are 5.2% times more likely to strongly agree that they receive meaningful feedback. They're 3.2 times more likely to strongly agree they are motivated to do outstanding work. And they're 2.7 times more likely to be engaged at work. And remember, engaged employees are the ones who aren't looking, actively looking for another job, that they show up and do their best work every single day. So if 14% of employees say performance reviews don't inspire them, but these other results say that weekly 
feedback, engages them, makes them more motivated, and they feel more engaged, why wouldn't you start a weekly review? So 96% of employees want to hear feedback regularly. And again, how can anybody possibly get better if they only hear from someone once a year? So here are some tips for effective performance reviews. First thing, if you lead a large organization, spend time training managers to have effective and meaningful conversations. Because chances are it is the managers who are doing these reviews. So change them to weekly. Shorten the amount of time that is spent on the reviews and make sure your managers know how to have effective and meaningful conversations. Some of the things we were talking about previously in this episode. Now, maybe you lead a smaller company and you're the one doing all this. So just take note of all of these things. Make them immediate and specific. So sometimes it may not even be called a weekly review. It might just be that you give feedback constantly. So even taking the thought that this is a review out of your vocabulary can be the first step. So there's an example of moving from boss to coach and not thinking like your old boss of that you have to give a review. What if you just thought that you're just giving continuous feedback? And the more specific you can make it and the more immediate, again, think of that puppy, it can be the better results you will find. Now, what do I mean by specific? Like you might see that an employee did a really great job on a project and you might just say, oh, that was such, you just, you know, I loved all the things you did on that project. Great job. You know, you performed so well on it. That's not specific. They need to know what specifically that they did, because here's the problem. When things aren't specific, they may think that they did a great job on this piece of it, when in reality, that piece was okay, or maybe even subpar, but it was another piece of it that really made it outstanding. And that was what you noticed that was outstanding but they don't know that. (laughs) Or, you know, what was it specifically that made the project outstanding for them? The more you can dive deep and really, really, really hone into the exact thing they did and how they did it, what made it stand out, that's going to make a lasting impression. And then they know what's the thing that they need to keep repeating to continue to have success. The next step in giving great to increasing that engagement and really having effective communication when it comes to progress reviews is know how to motivate based on their strengths. What motivates one person is not going to motivate everybody else. And again, this is where knowing somebody's strengths from the Clifton strengths is so, so, so important and how they want to be recognized also plays into there. Everybody's recognition, how they enjoy getting recognized and what motivates them looks different. The how to motivate them, that's another piece of that high-performing teams program that I mentioned earlier. It shares with you. And as we go through the entire program, you will learn how to give that effective 
meaningful recognition and how to motivate each person on the team. Now, on meaningful recognition, I guess that was a separate piece. As giving real meaningful recognition is a, is a thing in its own, this drives me crazy. Nothing in, in the network marketing world, it was big on praising people to success. Mary Kay Ash herself, that was her motto, you know, is praise people to success. Well, that got watered down over the years. And it got to the point that people would like, yay, great job for everything everybody ever did. And it got to the point that because it was done so often, it watered down any of the real benefit of the recognition. Because if everybody's receiving the exact same recognition, how do we know that we really did a better job than somebody who we noticed wasn't pulling their weight? So make sure that the recognition is fair, it's specific, and it's meaningful. Because if everybody's receiving the same kudos, you're losing out because it's just not making the recognition that nobody's feeling special by receiving the same recognition over and over and over again for the same amount of effort. The next step in having great review conversations and performance reviews is be transparent and future-focused. Have future-focused conversations. We talked about this already today in this episode. And be totally transparent because the more transparent and open you can be, the more transparent they're going to be. And being transparent and having future-focused conversation is going to take it where your employees are going to want to have these conversations with you as the leader and manager. They're not going to be scared of them. They're not going to feel that angst that most feel with the annual reviews. And the last step in making sure that these are effective conversations when it comes to reviews is to have a clear plan, plan in your mind with why, the expectations you want from that conversation, and the results you want. And I would suggest that you communicate this with your team members because, again, the more they know why you're having the conversation and the expectations, they're going to stop dreading them and they'll start looking forward to them because most of us want to improve. Most people have that mindset that they want to get better. They want to know the mistakes they made. They want to know where they're not performing up to, their, up to par but they also want to know how can they improve? How can they get better? And what have they done well? This, again, takes practice. None of these skills that we're talking about today are going to happen overnight. And you're going to make mistakes. (laughs) We all, all leaders make mistakes when it comes to communication. You're probably going to walk away still from conversations like, oh, man, I goofed that up. But own up to that, apologize for that, and start over again. And the more you dive in and practice these skills and use the information, the better you can get. Take notes. Take notes before you go into a conversation and after on how you did. So remember, in order to change and keep the best team members engaged at work, which again means they stay and are more productive, The goal is to keep you from turning into your old boss. Yes, it will take effort, 
but I'm here to support you on this journey. And just like Dr. Rick tells you how many throw pillows you should have on your sofa, (laughs) I would be privileged if you allow me to help you with great effective conversations at work. And if you're curious because you're feeling like, oh, I really need a lot of help or our whole organization needs help with how to have great effective communication and conversations and even recognizing each other for doing a great job because that's how you really build a strength-based team. Let's talk about starting the high-performing teams program in the new year. It will rock your world with how your entire team communicates better. All right, my friends. So next week, we are going to finish up this series on the six changes that today's workforce wants to see. And number five is they want to go from my weaknesses to my strengths focus. And they want to move from having just a job to having it be part of their life. So as we wrap this up, one last thing on meaningful conversations. I'd love to hear from you. I would love to have a meaningful conversation with you. So send me a direct message or email and let me know, what are you enjoying about the series? Be specific (laughs) and why. And also, let me know, what will you start implementing from today's episode? And I know we covered a lot here. So you may have to go back and, you know, re-listen again, take some notes. So, but share with me, what steps will you start implementing today? I would love to support you in making those changes. So again, you don't turn into your old boss. All right, as always, thank you for listening to the Navigating Your Leadership podcast. If I can support you in any way or you're curious to learn more about the High Performing Teams program, please reach out for that. And again, if you love this episode, share it with a friend today. My hope and prayer is that today's episode left you feeling inspired and empowered with some tangible steps to implement today. But honestly, the podcast is just the beginning. Through my coaching, my clients learn how to lean into their strengths to create their unique style of leadership, along with gaining strategies to create dynamic and productive teams, teams with a mutual passion and respect for each other. Whether you just need a few small course corrections or you feel like you need an entirely new ship to lead, I do love a challenge. I'd love to invite you to send me a DM or better yet, let's hop on a call and see how we can continue this leadership journey together. The link to book a call is in the show notes. I look forward to hearing from you.